Welcome back, everybody, to the CFC 365 podcast. First of all, I'd like to apologise for the huge gap in between the last episode and this episode. Obviously, as you know, many of the journalists are very busy and I wanted to interview quite a few of them, but they were actually on Chelsea's US preseason tour and then obviously just really busy going into the new season and transfer market madness and stuff, which we're going to get into today. Nevertheless, we are here for a special interview and chat with the Daily Mail's chief reporter, Sammy Mockbell. I hope I've got that right, by the way, who covers a wide, wide range of London clubs, including Chelsea. And his information, I have to say, over the past few years, months, have just been had such a high hit rate. Like, I really rely on you, Sammy. So, yeah, I really appreciate you giving me your time today. How are you doing? I'm good, good. And uh, it's a pleasure having, uh, it's a pleasure to be on. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, perfect. So I know Chelsea fans um, and my followers have been sending in quite a lot of questions. What we're going to do is go over the sort of popular topics, the popular players um, linked with Chelsea at the moment. And then at the end, we might have a time for a few fan questions or follower questions. Don't like to call them fans, but yeah, <laughs> not really. Um, anyway, first topic, Sammy. So we've got obviously Wesley Fofana. I know this is one you've been covering as well and the Daily Mail have been covering. It's been a long negotiation period and it seems that there will be a resolution to this soon. I mean, Brendan Rodgers has come out with quite a few comments lately. Seems that, I'm not sure if Leicester's stance is softening, but it seems like it's only going to go one way, in my opinion. Um, what's your info on the latest on the negotiations? And also, how did Chelsea even get to this point in the first place? Because in my opinion... And in quite a lot of fans' opinions, like we had like Nathan Ake, we went for Delict, or it was rumoured for him, and then we've ended up with Wesley Fafana, in my opinion, which is like that would have been like one of my top targets before you know the likes of Nathan Ake and Delict. So how did we get to this point and your latest information? Look, I think uh, you know it's been no secret that Chelsea have been after uh, a at least. Uh, two centre-backs following the departure of, obviously, of, of Christensen and, and Antonio Rudiger. They've, you know, got Koulibaly over the line, which I have to say, I think, despite the despite the red card at, uh, at Ellen Road at the weekend, um, I think he's going to turn out turn out to be a fantastic signing. Um, I watched a little bit of him, obviously, in the Champions League and in Serie A, and I think he's got all the attributes to be uh, a success in the Premier League, for sure. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it, we sort of what are we what are a week away from the a week away from the um, from the transfer deadline, and you know that elusive other centre half, um, the deal for that still needs to be ratified and 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 uh, and agreed. The whole world, and it's no secret, is it, that Wesley Fofana is the is the the player that um, Thomas Tuchel wants, is the player that Chelsea wants, but. Uh, there's one thing identifying your target and then there's another thing actually getting a deal over line. Uh, Leicester are obviously got their valuation, which I think it's, it's common knowledge, which is 80 million plus, which would break the world record for a, um, for a, uh, for a defender. Uh, whether sort of Chelsea fans agree with, with the valuation is kind of neither here nor there, really. If that's what Leicester want uh, for, for Fana, then you know that's the kind of level that Chelsea are going to have to go at to 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 to, to get the player out of the club. So sort of as it stands, I think we know you know it's it's well documented now that the club have had um, at least three offers turned down. Um, uh, I think moving forward, I I still I still expect that deal to. And I've, I've, the thing is, I've been saying this now for sort of two weeks. So, 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I still expect the deal to, 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 to go through. I, I, I can't, I don't believe that the new owners at Chelsea would have invested this much time and effort into getting this deal over the line and then just walking away. Um, so I, 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 I think eventually there will be there will be some sort of agreement. Whether whether that means Leicester have to sort of drop their valuation a little bit, or whether whether sort of Chelsea Chelsea cave effectively and pay and pay what Leicester have wanted all along, kind of remains to be seen. But I'd, I'd be surprised if Chelsea, having spent this level of and thrown this much weight behind that particular transfer. Uh, would walk away now and and not and not um, and not complete that deal. Yeah, I agree. I ho- well, I do agree, but I also, I'm only a fan, so I hope it does get over the line. Um, as you said, three bids at least been rejected. So let's just say that doesn't happen, Sammy. Now I know you released a story a few days mm. ago, which actually sent Chelsea fans into uproar um, <laughs> about Harry Maguire. So yeah. Like, do you want to elaborate? Where did that, like, I know you said Chelsea made an inquiry potentially mm-hmm. about, obviously, Pulisic should have been linked to Man United. Is is Harry Maguire someone that Thomas Tuchel is interested? Is it more sort of the English spine of the new ownership with Daniel Finkelstein and Jonathan Goldstein? Yes. Like, where did that all come from? Listen, such is, uh, listen, I get, obviously get the scepticism um, with regards to the story, you know, Regards to the to the maybe the, the, the player you know Harry Maguire himself, I, I'd understand maybe why uh, Chelsea fans would be sceptical about that and why why they'd be why they'd potentially be against that and why they would be so vocal, uh, particularly on social media, as to why they 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 don't want to happen or don't want to believe it. Um, I have to be careful of what I say, obviously, just to protect certain people. Um, but my my understanding is is that there was there was a um, there was a conversation, should we say, had uh, it would be difficult for me to say between who, but there was a, a conversation had maybe more of a cheeky kind of inquiry more than more than anything else. But uh, there, it was it was it was it was certainly um, relayed to uh, Man United that. Maybe potentially as part of that, pool, that, that their interest in Pulisic as to whether uh, Man United would be willing for Maguire to to come the other way. Uh, I have to say, and I have to point, and I have to sort of make very clear, and I, and, I, and in the story I, I made this pretty clear as well. I think that the priority is absolutely Wesley Fofana and. I expect that deal, as we've sort of, as we've just said, to to come to fruition. But I just, I, I just don't think, I don't see how Chelsea can walk away from that deal now, having invested that level of that, those resources and time into in, in, into that deal. But equally, um, I think it would be pretty negligent of 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 Chelsea and and and, and certainly a club of that stature. Not to, at the very least, have fallback options and explore fallback options in case the Fafana uh, the Fafana deal doesn't come through. Uh, which again, I'll stress, I think it will, and and that's kind of the and that's kind of the 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 the, the state of play with regards to that at the moment. Um, having 
since since writing the story last week, it's been made pretty clear to me that Man United, as it stands, have no intention of of letting uh, Harry Maguire go, despite the obviously sort of well documented that he was you know he was there on Monday night that he was he was he was dropped from the starting eleven. I think Eric Ten Hag still sees him as an important member of that squad, and in my opinion, rightly so. Um, he's the captain at Man United. He's obviously one of the part of the leadership group for sure, and um, I still think he'll have a pretty important part to play at, at, at Man United this season. Um, so that's yeah, that's kind of the, the state of play with that. And uh, you know, as I mentioned, I, I think Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea's recruitment team and 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 you know the, the the transfer department there have to have contingency plans in place, and I think Harry Maguire was was at the very least you know one of the players well I know one of the players that was discussed and looked at potentially, but um, United are just unwilling to budget at the moment on on on, on Harry Maguire. So uh, as we know, all eyes are on on Wesley Fofana, and I still think that is the is that that is the um, the deal that, that that Chelsea will are pursuing and will eventually get over the line. Yeah, fair enough. Sounds sounds pretty um, interesting to me as well. The fact that Man United are obviously unwilling to budget at the moment. I always sort of worry about you know if Chelsea didn't get Fofana in, then maybe they just I don't know put a 40, 50 million pound bid in, and Man United might consider it late on. But yeah, um, good to know in my opinion anyway that as as it stands, they're unwilling to budge. So. Let's move away from the defenders. Let's move on to Anthony Gordon, Sammy, because this one's a bit of a weird one for me because, first off, in my opinion, I think the price is outrageous. I know he's talented, mm-hmm. um, but Chelsea obviously have Hudson-Odoi, who is a young, talented winger, but Thomas Tuchel doesn't really seem to... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, it's hard, It's a hard one to say, isn't it? Um, same with Pulisic. You know, Chelsea are pursuing the, the Gordon deal hard, though. Um, and what's your intel on this? And... Again, could it be like a switching formation, do you think? Because currently the front three is Mount, Havertz, Sterling. And you'd assume just based off this logic and how Chelsea usually operate, surely Gordon wouldn't be bought in for 50, 60 million pounds and leave his boyhood club to be on the bench roll. Like that seems like the whole transfer seems a bit odd to me. Yeah, no, I I don't disagree. What I would say with Anthony Gordon is, and it's really weird. I went to watch. So I was at Tottenham Everton last year at um, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. I, I can't remember what the score was, Max, but the Everton basically Everton got smacked. It might have been five or six one or something, six nil or something like that. But I left the stadium thinking like this kid Anthony Gordon who played was 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 special. He looked a very good player. You know he. he he does all the basics. He works hard. That's you know that 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 that's part of the course when you you know when you're a professional footballer. You've got you know you, that that's the bare minimum. You have to work hard. But yeah, I don't know, man. I he just I just felt he had something about him, and and I, and I, and, I, and, I, and I thought then yeah he's he's definitely one to keep an eye on, and, and one that's going to go to to the very top. Um, am I surprised that Chelsea have gone in so hard for him and are willing to pay so much money for him? I, I have to say yes. I think it's. I think it's expensive for a player who, as you say, isn't going to certainly isn't going to walk straight into that team. It's it's one 
it's one for the future, particularly if you know, particularly if it, there isn't going to be a formation change, and you know, Thomas Tuchel still sticks with the with the with the three at the back. It's hard to see where he fits into that system, really. What, what do you think about the formation as well? Because I know this is a, a huge debate with with Chelsea fans and me, who I go on streams with other Chelsea content creators, and you know, we argue on Twitter about it as well. Is that a lot of fans do want to see Thomas Tuchel? like start a four at the back because in his previous, you know, roles is as PSG manager, Dortmund manager, he was known as an attacking minded coach. That was his philosophy. But at Chelsea, it seems to be more defence first, structure first in terms of defence and then the attack. Um, have you heard anything throughout the last, I don't know, weeks, months that Tuchel could be or has had discussions about changing the formation at all? Yeah, I, I, I have to say, I, I had a little bit of information on that over the summer. Uh, during that pre-season period, that it was something he was looking at. What I would say with the so if you if you link that to the Gordon uh, the Gordon deal, it would certainly give him the option, at the very least, of maybe having the option of tinkering it. Which, uh, as we know in modern day football, adaptability and the adaptability of, of systems and having the ability to go into different formations uh, on on a match day and and changing things is. Is, is vitally important tactically nowadays. Um, and it would sort of the, the signing of Gordon would certainly provide, I think, um, Thomas Tuchel with at the very least the option and ability to do that. If things aren't working, for example, you know, after sort of 50, 60 minutes, could he, you know, could could he change formations? Yes, possibly. But again, you hark back to the price and uh, how much it's going to cost to get to, to to extract Gordon from 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 Everton, and it's a it's it, it's an expensive deal. But you know, history tells us that you to buy English and and particularly to buy young and English, you've got to pay a premium. And you know, it's so you know that 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 hasn't been any more clearer than what we're seeing at the moment uh, between you know between Everton and and Chelsea, who. Um, Chelsea, who, who who wanted this deal done a fair while ago, at least you know a couple of weeks ago, when the, when the interest first broke, but still haven't managed to do it simply because Everton are, are driving a hard bargain, and 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 much like Leicester that are in in with Fafana, won't let the player go until the valuation is met. And much like this next one, which we're going to talk about, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang, is. Kind of similar, isn't it? Barca want a certain price. They need to sell him because, or, well, they don't need to sell him, but they'd like to sell him for registering Kunde and they've got other targets as well. They're in a bit of financial difficulties. Clearly, this one to me is obviously Thomas Tuchel driven. I think that's been made very clear. Even his press conferences, it was made clear by himself. You know, he was giving hints and saying how much he liked working with him, etc. What's your info on this deal? And if it doesn't get over the line, do you think Chelsea will go for a late sort of pursuit forward alternatives? I've seen the likes of Wilfred Zahar and Ivan Tony linked to us in the past few days. Do you think that may come to fruition? Um, I think Ronaldo's looking very unlikely at the moment, but who knows? Like, what do you think is going to happen in that forward area? I I, I, I think the over deal will, will happen. And I think that will um, Chelsea will, will get that deal over the line. My information on that. Uh, this was at the end of last week. In fact, the, 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 the discussions between um, the player and Chelsea, or the player's representative, sorry, and, and Chelsea were, were were successful, and there was a broad agreement on on personal terms. Um, oh, you know, I think we know Barcelona want to sell. 
Um, I think they're open to, to offers and are open to negotiations. Obviously, again, Barcelona want as much as sort of as much as they can from Chelsea. Uh, Chelsea, sort of from their end, obviously want to try and sort of drive that price down as much as they can. But I think there's a willingness from all parties to to um, get that deal done. And I expect I expect Aubameyang to 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 to, to arrive in Chelsea potentially sort of by the start of by the start of next week, uh, which would be a massive boost for 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 Thomas Tuchel because I think it's pretty clear that Chelsea need a a, a centre forward, someone who can kind of who can work who can work that area. And what we know about Thomas Tuchel is that he you know he he has history of getting the best out of um, Aubameyang, and if anyone can kind of uh, reinvigorate the player sort of that we that we first saw during those first couple of years at Arsenal. I think it's uh, I think it will be um, Thomas Tuchel. So if they can get that deal over the line, and I expect that they will get that deal over the line, then yeah, I think that's a massive massive boost for for, for Chelsea and Thomas Tuchel for sure. Yeah, I think this one will go over the line, and I think that probably leads us to just on the attackers. Probably then thinking about next summer. Um, Christopher Kunku obviously has a release clause next summer and also there's been sort of quite a few links with Rafael Leal lately as well but I expect him to come on the market next summer because I think next summer AC Milan will probably have to sell and cash in before his contract runs out in 2024 if I'm correct. Um, any intel on these guys? What, what do you think? I know it's early days but yeah. what, do you think Chelsea will go for one of these guys next summer? I mean Nkunku is obviously heavily scouted by a number of European clubs, but Rafael Leal is one that really interests me as well. Yeah, I, I listen, I have to say, I, I haven't got much information on um, Leal, but what I would, on in terms of Nkunku, you, you're absolutely hit the nail on the head there. You, you know, you've said it yourself. I think every man and his dog's going to be in, interested in, in, in Nkunku at the, at the end of next season. Uh, you know, what a player. Um, he'll have to, you know, he'll have his pick of every of every probably European club if he, you know, if he continues in the kind of vein that he has over the past couple of years this season, uh, then yeah, he won't just be Chelsea who are who are uh, who are who are after him. It's you know, listen, Chelsea, depending on how this season goes, you know, it's a bit of a transitional period on and off the pitch really at Chelsea. So who who knows how the season will pan out? But if Chelsea can, you know, remain a force sort of domestically and, and in Europe, then it, it, it's such a massive pull. You know, Chelsea, massive club, two-time European champions, uh, living in London, a lovely part of London at that. Um, it's, about, it's a bit, you know, it, it, that would be a big attraction for me for, for any player, but, you know, that he, he'll have the pick of, he'll have the pick of clubs throughout Europe and you know, it will just be, who pays the most, mate, you know, will be one of the factors and it would just be purely down to where and Kunku thinks his career is, you know, is, is, is best laid at which, at, at which club and um, Chelsea will certainly be in the mix up for sure that, you know, that, that they'll be interested, but whether, whether they're the confidence at Chelsea that they can do that deal, given the, 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 the interest there will be, uh, kind of remo- kind of remains to be seen. I'd, I'd hedge my bets on that one, to be fair. Yeah, I agree. I think, as you said, he's going to be covered by every, every man and his dog next summer. So we've got one more question and then we're going to go into a couple of your specific stories that I want to ask you about. So the last question is, 
kind of on the Bowley's clear like ownership of Chelsea. What's your early impression on them? Um, because I know many Chelsea fans are very excited about the amount of money we could and have spent this window, we could end up spending. Do you think this will become the norm or could you say this is, I don't know if this is too dramatic given what Bowley has done for the Dodgers, but, you know, some rival fans are saying, oh, you know, laughing at Chelsea saying this is your one big splash before reality. Mm. Um, what do you think is going to happen in the future? And also, I was going to ask you as well, Sammy, director of football. That's a big, big topic for Chelsea fans and especially Thomas Tuchel. I know there's been interest in Michael Edwards, but I think he wants to have a longer period of time out of football. Um, any info on director of football and obviously your early thoughts on, on Bowley, Clear Lake and going forward, really? Um, uh, it's a very good question. Um, listen, my impressions of... My impressions of... It's, it's, it's difficult to judge uh, Bowley and Clear Lake in this, in, certainly in this transfer window because... They've had to go into it running, you know. They've they've just bought the club, and they've gone straight into what is a very important. It's always an important, you know, transfer window is the summer one because that's where you do the majority of your season spending. You know, ideally, you don't really want to go into the into the winter market um, because the prices are ridiculous in the in, in the January window. So this is where you do the you know the bulk of your the bulk of your your your, your spending and strengthening of your squad. Um, Listen, it's well documented, and you know the, how many how many players sort of they've been interested in and inquired about, and you know Todd Bowley's travelled the world meeting all the leading agents and sort of directors of football, and so he should, you know, he's that that's that he should do that. He should go and network. He, you know, he's just taken over one of the one of you know an elite football club, one of the biggest in European football, one of the biggest in world football. So he should go and make all those calls and, and have all those meetings and, and drink and drink all that coffee but um, whether there's been a coherent kind of rhyme or reason behind the recruitment policy I'm you know I'm not so sure but again I, I don't want to you don't want to judge them based on this one window alone uh, you know it's going to be I, I, I'd rather judge them in next summer's window, once they've had, you know, over a year to embed themselves in the club, you know, they can they can get have their procedures, their recruitment procedures in place. And next year I think we'll have a we'll have a better view of of how that how they'll they'll run things. In terms of spending in the future, um that in my opinion that will be that will be governed by and as it always is, usually is within these so in European football by FFP. Um they're going to have to stick by those guidelines. They've spent a hell of a lot of money already this summer. They're going to, it looks like they're going to spend a hell of a lot more between now and the end of the window. Um, they're going to have to... Something will have to give eventually. They, they can't continue spending more than they're bringing in. Um, so that should certainly be... That will certainly be a little niggling, uh, niggling doubt at the back of many people's minds at Chelsea uh, with regards to sort of moving forward and how they and how they approach future windows. Um, so yeah, you know, Chelsea fans should certainly enjoy uh, this window and 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 the, and and the amount they're spending because I suspect and I suspect moving forward that with FFP that they will um, they'll have to be mindful of that and there'll be more. 
yeah, I'm not saying that they won't spend heavily again in the summer, but I don't think, you know, in future summers, but I just don't think it will be as, as heavily as they have done uh, so far this summer. No, I mean, it hasn't been like that, even, I think, since probably, what, 2017 forwards for, for Roman Bramwich. I mean, we've obviously spent a lot of money, but, you know, we Marina especially did a good job at selling players. And then, you know, we, we essentially bought Lukaku from, I think it was like 95 million of players. So it was from like Tamoru, Tammy Abraham, etc. So I, I think the director of football is going to be very, very important, isn't it, Sammy? Have you heard sort of any names that Chelsea are, are currently considering and where that's at? Listen, uh, I think it's no secret that, that Michael Edwards um, is is one of the names high up on that list. You know, we, you know, we we reported on that that story um, a few months ago. But in terms of Michael Edwards, as again, it's been documented that he 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 is he is um, he'd rather sort of take. Uh, an extended period out of the game after leaving Liverpool, which is you know well within his rights to do. He should do. He should, you know he should want to. He probably does want to spend some more time with his family because you know being at a football club is 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 never ending. It it, it takes over your life in many in in, in many ways. Um, but what I would also say about Michael Edwards is you know Chelsea aren't just going to be aren't the only club who are interested in uh, in Michael Edwards uh, as I understand it. And as, as we've reported uh, at the Mail, uh, Man United are uh, are also very very keen on um, very very keen on on Michael Edwards, given uh, given the success that he had at, at Liverpool. And you know they, those two won't be the only two clubs who who show an interest in Michael Edwards. But listen, filling that role as filling that role that director of football role uh, should be and will be a priority. Uh, I'm sure for Chelsea once this transfer window uh, has closed, because uh, Ted, you know, Todd Bowley, as as, as good a as sort of uh, as as a hands hands-on role that he's had this summer, um, I'm not sure he's going to want to continue to to be front and centre of all these deals um, in the future. So uh, yeah, filling that role is going to be very important. I was, I was going to say as well, Paul Mitchell is another very interesting one. I'm I'm quite interested in him as well. I think he's he's very good. Hopefully that's one Chelsea considering. Do you know anything about Paul Mitchell? Yeah, Paul Mitchell had, had great success, didn't he, at Southampton and Tottenham and at Monaco. He, he is, his contacts book is um, second to none, you know, he, he'll be able to open doors to, to, to players and he's a very, very good operator, uh, I'm, I'm led to believe. Uh, and I can, I can see why, I can see why a club like Chelsea would be, would be interested in Paul Mitchell because he's, you know, he's, he's got a proven track record in, in, in European football and also in, in, in the Premier League. Um, so it remains, it kind of remains to be seen whether that 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 one can can progress. But for sure, I I, I can totally see an interest in, in Paul Mitchell because, uh, as I say, he's um, he's very good, he's excellent, and uh, you know his his contacts book is is, is is certainly second to none. Yeah. Okay. So let's round off this episode with a couple of your stories that I've kind of bookmarked onto my Twitter. So a couple of interesting stories you've released in the past. Let's go with this one first. I think this was. The 30th of May this year, so it was an exclusive. Todd Bowley's bid uh, was considering adding a former player onto Chelsea's board in the future. Such a move has worked with Edwin van der Sar and Ajax boss mm-hmm. Franz Beckenbauer is at Bayern. Now, I know this was in May. Is your understanding still something they'd be interested in the future? I know a lot of Chelsea fans, including myself, would love particularly Michael Balak back at the club. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think this is something they'll look into? 
yeah, I, I, I'm led to believe that's still that's still something that's on the cards. Uh, and I, I, I'm not. I can I can I put this without giving it away? Uh, it's not necessarily uh, a person who will be directly involved in footballing decisions. It, you know, football club is a massive uh, sort of uh, uh, you know uh, uh, massive companies as we know nowadays, and there's certain you know different divisions within with, within football clubs, and I think. The space of sort of you know equality, diversity, inclusion is is such a massive is such a massive space in football nowadays, and, I, and that story I was led to believe there was they were looking at certain individuals um, within that space um, who would be who, who who could come into the club who have a, who have a history of the club and have links to the club to come in and work within that space. Um, at Chelsea, and that, and that is, a, as I understand, is an ongoing process. So, like the more diversity role, sort of like what um, I had, sure. Paul, I had Paul Carnival on this podcast a mm. few uh, a little while ago, and that's mm. he does some really good work with that. So, is that sort sure. of role you mentioned? Yeah, that that was that was the uh, okay. that was the role. It, it wasn't necessarily a a, a football a role that's directly yeah involved in transfers and and and, and the te- technical side of things. It was another side of the club. Okay, interesting. So the last one we've got, I think this was on the 16th of August. So this one was very interesting because it's about contracts. Um, You titled it, I think, or I've written it down here. Todd Bowley is looking into implementing a US-style contract policy for youngsters at Chelsea, locking down the likes of Rich James and Mason Mount down to up to seven-year contracts. And also mentioned that Armando, Armando Broger is also on his list. So... From your understanding, where are the Rhys James and, and, and Mason Mount contracts at? Because for me, particularly Rhys James, let him write whatever numbers down. Like, yeah, yeah. this guy is just unbelievable. And I'm a season ticket holder at Chelsea. I can't, I can't believe I get to watch him live. Like, he's just fantastic. He's uh, Yeah, listen, in my opinion, he is probably the club's all-round best. He's, he's the, the best footballer at the club, all-round player. I think he's phenomenal. Um He's, in my opinion, he's got to start for England at the World Cup. I just think he has to. I think he's that good. Um, where they're at in terms of the contract situation, my understanding is is that an initial an initial chat has been had with uh, those two players you've mentioned. I think that will amplify and accelerate um, after the window closes because obviously the Chelsea have got bigger priorities at the moment getting sort of get the getting the new inclusions over the line um but certainly once once the window closes i think that we can expect to see um, deals for mount deals for jay reese james certainly uh accelerate whether whether either player will be willing to sign a seven-year contract so my my understanding is that they chelsea would look to offer like a six plus one, so six year deal plus a, 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 the option for a for, for for a further twelve months. Whether a players of that standard, particularly Rich James and Mason Mount, whether they'd be willing to um, commit to the one for as devoted and as attached they are to the club that they've constantly come through the ranks to. Whether you know whether they they'd be willing to to sign for that long. Uh, kind of remains to remains to be seen. I think moving forward, if if Reece James and and Mason Mount 
continue on the trajectory that they're on in terms of their careers, there's, there's, there's definitely going to be interest, rival interest in, in, in them. So it's up to Chelsea to kind of, to make it worth, uh, though, certainly those two players, Wiles, that means, you know, big pay rises, et cetera, et cetera. But I think there's a willingness from all parties for, on, 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 in terms of both players to, to, to get those extensions done and to get a deal done. And, you know, they can draw a line under that in the closing weeks and just continue and, and, and focus on the, on the rest of the season. And it's a, it's a massive season for those two, don't forget, because we're only two and a half months away from, from the World Cup. And, you know, I don't think those two players are going to want to go into the tournament with any kind of doubts over their futures. So I think we can expect to see uh, some sort of some sort of uh, update on uh, or clarity on their futures before the tournament, for sure. Yeah, I 100% agree. Rich James, Mason Mount, get them tied down. Um, yeah, um, I assume they're going to be up towards the highest earners when they do sign that new contract, if they do. Just last one quickly, Sammy. I know a lot of people have been asking me about the midfield situation. After the Leeds game, um, a lot of fans are angry because Thomas Tuchel was like, well, you know, we've got Kovacic, we've got Kante, they're injured, but they're going to come back. We've got Gallagher, we've got Jorginho. We've got numbers in there, but Chelsea fans really don't know why Thomas Tuchel isn't targeting more like a... Not a Jorginho replacement, for, but someone who can play in that number six role in the pivot, more like a traditional defensive-minded midfielder. Mm. Um, what's your understanding on that midfield position? I know Chelsea, obviously, like Frankie de Jong and stuff, but do you think Rice is, is still a long-term target for Thomas Tuchel? And it's a case of maybe if he can't get in, then he won't really get that other defensive-minded midfielder. He wants Declan Rice? I think so. I think that, that, that stacks up to me. I think they've got... Chelsea have a look a long-term ambition of bringing Declan Rice to the club. So, you know, spending heavily on, as you say, a number six um, type of player uh, wouldn't really make financial sense when you you know you're probably next summer maybe going to have to fork out 100 million quid to, to, to get Declan Rice out of West Ham. Um, so I can see, I can see, it's very similar to, in my opinion, uh, why Liverpool aren't, going to sign a midfielder this summer because I think it's pretty clear that Liverpool need one, uh, a new central midfielder. I think it's, 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 that's evidently clear, but I, I think they've got their eyes on on Jude Bellingham uh, next summer. Uh, so, you know, what would be, whatever they would get this summer would just be a, would, would be a stopgap and would be effectively throwing that, that money away. So I can see why Chelsea are, Perhaps hesitant to, to, to strengthen in that, in that area when they know they're gonna they're probably gonna go for for, for Declan Rice at the at the end of this season. Um, yeah, listen, Frankie De Jong still bubbling away, but it, I think it's pretty clear to everyone that he wants to stay at Barcelona and isn't willing to you know and is and isn't really willing to to leave there given all the sort of the financial turmoil and the wages that, that we that, you know all, all those all, all that all that. Um, uh, Uncertainty that we that we that we've heard about over the last few weeks. So you know, I think De Jong is one that they may try try to revisit at the end of the window. But um, yeah, I think Chelsea have and, and Tuchel have other priorities in midfield. Very very interesting on Declan Rice there as well. And I think yeah, that was. I know I don't have loads of sources, but I've I've been told in the past that yeah, Chelsea have 
still want Declan Rice. Thomas Tuchel is, is obviously a big fan. I know after I think one of the games, I think last season, they had a, a little chat and a smile. So I feel, I feel like that one's going to come to fruition at some point. I just think he's destined to come back to Chelsea. Um, yeah, and I think fans are actually... Some of, like a lot of people like Declan Rice, but there's also like in the Chelsea fan base, um, you know, a lot of people like Jorginho, and maybe he would be going. And it's like, ah, uh, you know, some fans just basically want Jorginho over Declan Rice. Um, so I don't know, maybe they both both can be in the team in the future. But thanks for joining me, Sammy, on this podcast. Really, really appreciate it. Do you want to let listeners know? I mean, obviously, Daily Mail, your your Twitter and stuff. Um, you know what? I don't even know my Twitter handle, but I think it's. I know it because like... I tweet out your news all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you've probably you've probably Wait, seen you me, me like you do I, it for me. I I, I don't <laughs> like. I mean, I do follow you. Like, I I don't know how. I mean, do you, you know when like you post stories and stuff? Do you check yeah. like your Twitter to see what people are saying? Because I mean, I posted that Harry Maguire news right, and I can tell you yeah. the amount of likes it got. Um, right. It got 13,000 likes, okay? Um, and, yeah, I was thinking, oh, no, Sammy's mentions, I've, I've just ruined it from this story. <laughs> no, <laughs> but, yeah. I, you know what? I don't really... Uh, yeah, I, I post my stories, but then... Um, listen, listen, and everyone's got their own opinion on social media, right? And I, I think we could probably do a whole separate sort of podcast on 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 the impact of social media. But, yeah, I, I, I kind of post my stories on there, mate, and then uh, I kind of just leave them alone because it can be a pretty top... I think it can be a pretty top... Yeah, top. it's great as well because, like, David Ornstein um, followed me because I think he noticed that when I was posting the Athletic article, like, he noticed, like, it, it was a story, I think, on... Oh, yeah, it was the Ronaldo exclusive when Todd Bowley had yeah. met George Mendes. And, yeah, he followed yeah. me. And I was like, oh, my days. That's, he's definitely seen the mentions and stuff. So, yeah, yeah social yeah. media is crazy, honestly. Yeah, um, but you do the right thing by leaving it alone, to be honest, because it yeah. can be a bit mental. But, um, yeah, I'll leave all Sammy's links down below in the in the description. Sammy, thanks so much for, for joining me today. Pleasure. Anytime. Thank you so much. Yeah, brilliant, guys. And uh, also, if you enjoyed this episode, leave a five-star rating on Spotify. I know we think we've got about 50, 60 reviews so far with 4.8 stars. So I don't know who's messing me about there, but, you know, get it to five stars. And, um, yeah, I'd really appreciate that, guys. And uh, apart from that, we'll see you in the next episode.